0: Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm joined by Dr. Sierra Baines and Dr. Baines and I are going to be discussing why it's so difficult to lose body fat or you know why you've tried so many different dietary approaches and exercise approaches and you're still struggling to cut body fat. It's a very difficult process and there's a lot of different factors that feed into it and I like to think that we do a pretty good job of hitting all of those in a very short amount of time today. So great episode. I think it's going to help a lot of people as always, I highly recommend you check out Sierra for more information because she is an absolute gem in this space. Enjoy the show. Sierra, welcome back to the podcast for what, like number four, number five? i I've lost count at this point, but it is Me always too. a absolute pleasure to see you and work with you.
1: Thanks. You as well. I don't know. I think we're on four. Who knows? Every yeah, time it gets I- better, so...
0: Like I said, I gave up, but you know, I think at this point you're, you know, you're no stranger to the podcast. I feel like everyone should know who you are. But just in case there's one person listening who hasn't heard of Dr. Sierra Baines, could you just fill them in real quick? Who
1: the heck are you? Well, I'm humbled. I'm just a go, but um... there's a couple of letters behind my name, but uh, I'm a functional medicine provider and I specialize in hormone dysfunction, metabolism, mastery, um, digestive issues, autoimmune disease. Um, I come from a background of having two autoimmune diagnoses. One was a misdiagnosis and one I was able to reverse on my own. And so I'm now symptom free and I help people do the same thing with all natural protocols. So
0: That's awesome. I love that. And one of the things you and I have talked about quite a bit in the past is, I feel like there's a lot of people in America who are overweight or obese, just struggling with their weight in general. And I feel like a lot of them know that they have to do something. And they try things, they try exercise, or they try a diet or multiple diet trends, and they just struggled to lose the weight and then they're kind of left wondering and perplexed you know why am I not losing the weight that I want to lose why am I not making progress when you know that person over there is making progress and they're doing just fine Um, so I know that's a very broad question to start with but why do you think people aren't losing weight as easily or readily available as they want to?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think a lot of people that you and I talk to tend to come from an active background. The person who has tried dieting or they're adhering to an exercise program, like I'm eating healthy foods or I'm exercising, you know, five, six days a week and I'm still not seeing results. And in my field, it definitely goes beyond just diet and exercise, right? It's not just the foods that you're putting into your body. It's not just the, you know, classes that you're taking a few times a week, like this is an entire lifestyle. And so a lot of the times when I see weight loss resistance, right, the inability to lose weight, somebody either is not losing weight, and they think they should be or they are gaining weight when they think they should be losing. Oftentimes, there's a problem with one of three systems one that's going to be the adrenals, right, the main hormone system, uh, cortisol runs that system primarily when people are in a fight or flight state. Um, That can deplete the body of really good minerals that we need, not only for energy, but metabolism, um, our daily functions. It would be like asking a car to drive and you have no wheels, right? Like we need the building blocks for ourselves. So we're looking at adrenals. Um, Second thing that typically is a reason that we see weight loss resistance is uh, problems with blood sugar. So this is something. Unless you are a diabetic, it is not talked about. We don't know what our blood sugar levels are, and it's really important for sustained energy. And some people can have really low blood sugar. So symptoms of that is like brain fog. Um, have you ever gotten hangry? Did you ever get hangry ever?
0: Uh, I'm actually no? slightly hangry right now.
1: Perfect. Yeah, your blood sugar is probably <laughs> dropping, right? <laughs> You don't have enough um, glucose to feed the brain. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really hungry. What happens? Not to freak you out to go get a snack, but um, we can pause if you need to. But um, the body will start to break down um, tissue stores, sometimes in the muscles, sometimes in the liver to feed the brain so that we can function. We can stay awake and alive. And some people tend to trend in that hypoglycemia for a while. And they wonder, why am I losing my muscle? Why can't I gain any? Well, the body keeps breaking it down. And the other end of that is uh, more of an insulin resistance, which is typically looks like um, can come from hyperglycemia, right? A lot of um, blood glucose in the system. And that can be for a variety of reasons. Caffeine, and alcohol, both influence this um, processed foods, the typical American diet, um, but even a stressed out system can influence this. So um, when we see that, you know, the body doesn't respond as well to put glucose all over the body. And we tend to see weight gain happen a lot faster. Um, So both hyper and hypo, not fun to have. And it's something that we need to sustain and make sure that we're regular. And then finally, thyroid, that's a big hot word, hypothyroid. Do people really know what that means, right? (sighs) When the thyroid is under functioning, Okay, weight loss hinges on the success of the thyroid and the ability for free thyroid hormone to be in the body. Well, oftentimes we'll either see hypothyroid in the form of a primary hypothyroidism. Okay, TSH is high and the free markers are low. Or your blood work could actually be normal as far as a standard American uh, panel goes. Just TSH looks normal, looks good. Doc's like nothing's wrong, but you're like, but I'm still cold or I'm still gaining weight or my hair is falling out, right? I'm like well, my blood work's normal. Why, why am I still experiencing these symptoms? Well, we didn't a did probably didn't do a full thyroid panel, but two, a two whatever. <laughs> um, there's the free thyroid hormones tend to be pretty low, and we're under functioning, and that's the reason we see weight gain. So, I typically examine all three of these. I actually created a blood panel to look at all three of them, um, because it is so crucial to understand why your metabolism might be slow.
0: So you mean to tell me this is a little more than just calories in and calories out, really? <laughs> but but I saw on the TV that, you know, I can eat whatever I want, as long as it's below a certain calorie count. Um, And I feel like what I just mentioned is the belief of so many people. And unfortunately, that's not the case. It's a lot more complicated than this. I think we try to simplify things, and that's great, but this is a very complicated issue. As you just mentioned, you know, the processed foods, the type of food you're eating, all of these things are going to have a drastic difference in the impact they have on your body and subsequently your ability to lose weight. So if I'm trying to lose weight, I'm assuming that's in the context of burning fat. Maybe you don't care as long as the number on the scale goes down, but most people want to get rid of body fat. And if I want to get rid of body fat, and I'm going to stick to uh, what's the average 2000 calorie diet, um, 2000 calories of potato chips, and Twinkies are going to have a much different impact on my body than 2000 calories of vegetables and lean meats. Um, And I think that's often missed. And I'd imagine, from your knowledge on the endocrine system, especially, that the impact those have carry beyond just, you know, a micronutrient and overall calorie uh, quality, I would say, into more of a effect that they have on your body's own ability to produce the hormones that it needs as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Those nutrients are necessary. You know, we want them to be bioavailable so we can make the hormones, right? Um, all hormones need good fatty acids, come from cholesterol, right? We think cholesterol is about them. We do need cholesterol to make all our hormones paired with B vitamins. And because of our environment, a lot of the times our B receptors can be blocked. And so it can be very difficult to make sure that we're getting enough B vitamins and So supplementation of B vitamins, supplementation of fish oils, usually a pretty good thing for people in order to increase hormone production. Um, but when we also want to look at the levels of the hormones, and if we're generally under-functioning, we generally have low hormone levels. We want to know why we have low hormone levels. So you can talk about all you want, but that's not going to address why they're low. Why they're low can come from lifestyle factors. Do you hate your job? Are you stressed out, you know, 40 hours a week? Do you have, you know, complications in your personal life? Is your mind just running? Okay. I used to be one of those people that identified with a constant thought pattern. I was just thinking, 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 thinking. Even saying that is exhausting. Yeah, right So, can we quiet the mind if we can't let's find out why okay sometimes it's not people's fault sometimes there is something physiologically going on okay? and other times we can add on lifestyle habits to calm down the nervous system so we're not on this fight or flight mode
0: so so people like me who are always go 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 being in that constant state that kind of predisposes us to increased body fat gain then by the sounds is what you're kind of alluding to Sierra. Is that
1: correct? I would say there's a correlation with somebody that's stuck in a sympathetic state and um, under functioning adrenal system, which can lead to weight gain. Now I see it more often in women than men, uh, for a variety of reasons, usually commonalities and medication uses, um, common commonalities and environmental toxins. Um, women tend to be exposed to a little bit more and men tend to be able to handle a little bit more and that's just how it is. Um, however, yeah, I would say, you know, if you aren't finding that space at quiet, right, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And so people will say, oh, I just turned 40 and I couldn't lose weight anymore, you know, or, oh, my metabolism just stopped at the age of 40. It's like turning 40 wasn't what caught up with you. What caught up with you is your habits over time. And the body just couldn't continue to run at that 110%.
0: It's so funny the timing of this and you bringing this up now um, because I I was looking back at my numbers and when I was in college I was chilling at about five to six percent body fat and those those were the days um unfortunately I'm sitting around nine to ten percent right now um, which that might not sound like anything you know crazy or anything to be concerned about but that's about double where I was just a few years ago. Um, And it kind of made me realize, like, maybe maybe that all gas, no brakes mentality that I'm kind of known for, maybe it's not always the best thing. And uh, I actually started to put little limits on myself. And I'm not seeing patients before a certain time in the day or after a certain time in the day, unless it's like a very special request type thing, you know, trying to limit how much I put in because I've noticed that. You know, my own health occasionally starts to slip a little bit in response to that kind of mentality. And I think it's interesting because when it comes to a topic like weight management or fat loss or whatever term you want to call it, I feel like we're always told we need to do more, more, more or less, less, less in the sense of less food, less calories, more exercise, more activity, just do more and eat less. And all of a sudden, everything's going to even itself out. And as we've been discussing so far, that just creates a very frustrating situation by the sound, because if you're adding more to a system that's already overtaxed, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like throwing water on top of a sinking boat. It's just going to sink a little bit quicker, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I'd ask you, do you think your stress levels have increased in the last few years?
0: Uh, I would, I would say yes, but also no for myself. Um, coming out of school, definitely a stressful time for me. Um, I'm now at the point in life where I'm literally going day by day. I used to be the guy that always needed a plan, always needed to know what the next year, the next five years was going to be bringing. Um, As you can tell by today, I don't even know what the next five hours are going to bring me. Um, So I've learned to really let go and be a little bit more present, I would say.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a piece that comes with that. The reason I ask is a lot of the times when people show up with symptoms and talk to a doctor or something, they're like, oh, stop stressing. You're just stressed. Well, nobody ever explains what that means, right? We're stressed, sure. What does that mean? And stressors on the body deplete energy, so... You ever notice when you travel a lot or um, people, you know, get start to get sick around finals time, right? We're under immense amount of stress and the body takes away energy from the immune system, from digestion, whatever, um, to be able to function in this fight or flight mode. What also can happen is in that fight or flight mode, the hormone cortisol, right, the stress hormone that everybody knows, it starts to stimulate fat cells to grow. Okay, people aren't really familiar with this, but um, especially at the area of the vital organs, right? Your visceral fat, which tends to be that stubborn belly fat, right? It's a protective mechanism. So when we see these patterns of, oh my gosh, I have this stubborn belly fat and I don't know if you know, fat deposits anywhere else. I look at something like weight loss resistance coming from excess cortisol being released that doesn't mean you have high cortisol it just means that you're releasing a lot of it and your body feels the need to protect your precious organs your liver your stomach your reproductive area all of
0: them. and i would imagine at one point that was probably an advantage to have that happen from an evolutionary standpoint but now in the 21st century when we're not constantly fighting saber-toothed tigers Um, that's not necessarily an advantage to us to be able to have that protective layer of, well, adipose tissue there. Um, so what can we do about that? What can we do for someone who's, you know, stuck in that state of heightened cortisol response? I'll say, um, is there, is there any hope for them, Sierra? (laughs)
1: Lots of hope. Nobody has to (laughs) give up hope. It's just a choice. It's a choice to make changes in the lifestyle and seek out answers, And a lot of the times, you know, if you're not sick enough, you won't get a great answer in standard American medicine. And that's okay. Uh, But there are other avenues. And so I like to look at diet first, right? Nutrition. Are there areas of stress in our lifestyle? Are we eating a ton of junk? really simple swaps to just decrease the inflammation in the body, right? You don't even need to necessarily eat all the good stuff. You just need to stop eating the bad stuff, (laughs) you know? That alone is huge. Um, Somebody that has trends in blood sugar instability may benefit from eating more often, right? Every couple hours instead of, you know, um, skipping breakfast. That's a big one, right? A lot of people will skip breakfast and just go straight for their coffee. Well, when you wake up in the mornings, so your cortisol are already at the highest for the day. Now, well, you want to add caffeine into that. We're going to just bump it up even more. Well, you to crash in the afternoon because there's not a lot left. We're just fatigued the whole day. Well, then what happens? Well, we have that afternoon little bump of another coffee. right? Well, now You're just running on pain. So I want to go to the gym. I'm going to have an energy drink, right? By the time you get to bed, you're exhausted. And the only way you could function the next day is to do the same thing. So start there, right? Food before coffee is always what I tell people. Uh, second, you are we sleeping well? Okay, the only way to actually restore your body is to be able to get in the parasympathetic state, the rest and digest system. Well, are we getting eight to nine hours of sleep a night? Okay, the most restorative hours are before midnight, so get to bed early, right? If you're sleeping the entire eight hours, get to bed earlier. Let the organs have time to restore and then wake up. Um, are we exercising too little? or too much both of those have an effect on our adrenals right we want to make sure we're moving every day we want daily movement for lymphatic flow get detox you know detox our system appropriately but some people overdo it you know there's extreme sports or even if we're training five or six days a week and it's not the right modality that can stress out our system too um are we in an environment that's stressful not just emotionally, but physically. Are there environmental toxins around us? Not everybody can change these things. But if you can start to peel, peel layers of stress off the body, you know, change up your water source or, you know, maybe make sure you have a little less EMF exposure, right? All these little things add up over time. Your body's not constantly fighting stuff. it give the body energy to heal. And then, of course, there's supplementation that helps things. But we mentioned already, if you aren't doing the lifestyle stuff, supplements aren't going to take you very far.
0: So funny. Um, When you you mentioned the exercise, my mind instantly went to our conversations about high intensity interval training. And maybe that should be a podcast in itself. Um, But as you were talking, it made me realize too, a lot of people go to someone to try and help them with fat loss or weight loss or whatever that way. And they focus so much on like one or two things, they never look at the whole picture. And it really made me realize how important it is to get someone who wants to lose fat or recomp their body to someone who's going to help them look at everything. Because as you mentioned, there's really so many factors that play into this and you really want to get a handle on as many as you can. And maybe some of them only make 1% of the difference, but I want you to have that 1% of the difference. Why leave anything out on the table? And, you know, unfortunately these kind of things take time, you know, you're not going to magically magically wake up the next day and you know be instantly looking like you Sierra um but um you know with a lot of patience and consistency and hard work and dedication i i like to think that anyone can get there and as you mentioned too it's important to make that an individualized approach because what works for one person is not going to work for the next person. So instead of throwing the same thing at every single person that walks in the door, let's modify and adjust a little bit to make what we do match the person in front of us. I, uh, I think you hit so many great points there. And I think if like any coach or trainer listening, just listens to like that little blurb that you just mentioned and implements even half those things, the success of their clients is going to skyrocket.
1: Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. It's uh, the approach I take with my own as well. So, um, you know, just sometimes have to zoom out a little bit, right? If, if diet and exercise aren't working anymore, right. There might be something a little bit deeper we need to investigate.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And as you mentioned, That's what you do with your own clients. And as far as I'm concerned, you are the OG in this space, Sierra. So if people did want to find out more about you, your story, and hear more about what you do and how they can work with you, uh, where could they find you at?
1: I'm primarily on social media platforms. Instagram is my main point of contact, and you can go and tag it. Hello, however you want to do that. Um, it's Sierra Trains, T-R-A-I-N-S, back in my bodybuilding days. <laughs> I, I suppose I should update that to some sort of doc thing eventually. But um, that's where I am primarily. Um, if anybody's looking for weight loss specifically, uh, it's actually great timing. This week is the last week that I'm enrolling people for a metabolic mastery assessment. So it's a program I put together based on the pillars we talked about earlier about why I see weight loss resistance and um, I created the blood panel myself um, for the markers I'm looking for with the thyroid, the hormones and um, blood sugar instability. And so we're running that panel. We're going through a 12 week program. And like you mentioned, it's going to take some time, right? You might not look exactly how you want to look at the end of the three months. But you're going to have all the tools in your belt as well as a customized protocol to be able to get the needle moving forward for sure that is
0: amazing we will be sure to link to all of that in the description below so you can just click there i love the play on words with your uh, social media handles as well that's great Um, is there anything that we didn't get to today that you really wanted to bring home here today uh, sierra
1: you know i think we brought out a lot of information in a short amount of time and something (laughs) i like to remind a, a lot of people that inquire with me or just ask questions is you're you are your best intuition you know what's best for your body and if somebody's telling you something and you feel another way question that right be an advocate for yourself doesn't matter their title doesn't matter where you found them. right you always listen quite literally to your gut because it is telling you exactly what you need to know
0: yeah i love that i love that and um i like the listen to your gut kind of uh phrase there that's that's very fitting knowing you that's Mm -hmm. awesome sierra (laughs) it is always a pleasure to work with you and I really appreciate you and all of the incredible work that you continue to do, and the uh, the impact you have on just countless of individuals day after day is truly inspiring. I really appreciate you and all that you have shared with us on the podcast today and in all of our past episodes as well.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for the next time. It's not a nip, but a win. <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, I want to take a second and tell you all about AliRX. AliRX is a at-home food sensitivity and gut health testing panel. You order online and then receive and complete your test at home for food sensitivities. You then receive a custom report online through your member portal and then receive personalized recipes and supplements that are catered to you based on your food sensitivities. If this is something that interests you, you can check out the link and description in my bio, and you can use the coupon code, capital D, capital B, R-A-U-N, capital R-X, so D-Bron, RX at checkout to save yourself 20%. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Braun Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time.